Here we go, Draft Knicks. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of the Draft 412 podcast. My name is Joe 412, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes. Before we begin, I want to thank our sponsor, iHeartRadio, where you can find all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all for free all the time, of course. And for those of you who haven't listened to our show before, Draft Nation is a national e-magazine that hyper focuses on four major sports and their professional drafts. We cover all aspects of player scouting, mock drafts, free agency, salary cap provisions, and of course the needs of your favorite teams here in the Berg. Uh, and with me tonight, I've got my editor-in-chief, JT, John Toth. Welcome back on the clock. How you doing, man? I'm excited, man. Getting closer and closer. Every, every week that goes past is another week closer to the draft, man. Yeah, we're six months out, uh, almost to the day. And, uh, you know, let's get started on some draft talk. We haven't had a chance to do that yet. Uh, and let's start off right at the tippy top. Let's talk, talk about quarterbacks, you know, the top 10 quarterbacks as we see them as Draft Nation, as Draft 412. And at the top of that list has to be Caleb Williams. His season started out so strong with so much promise. The former Heisman Trophy winner going for the potential two-time Heisman Trophy winner with a team that was pegged as as a as a playoff team, uh, and over the last two weeks we've seen a lot change there. But in your opinion, has that hurt Caleb Williams? Does he does he slide behind a Drake May or you know somebody else, or is he still the you know the erstwhile number one overall pick or whoever's looking for that quarterback next year? You know what I think he's locked in, but and it's a big but these last two weeks. Um, against two good defenses, um, you know, um, Notre Dame, and then it was uh, Utah last week. Um, he, he struggled a little bit with his reads, um, got a little bit antsy with his feet. Uh, his throws weren't on target like they were all year. And he opened up – the one thing he did do for sure was he opened up the Heisman race. I mean, three weeks ago, he was the Heisman Trophy winner. Now you're hearing uh, – and you're going to love this one – J.J. McCarthy's – flying high right now um he's moving up you got bo, bo nix is actually another what, what was that did i hear a go blue or a hail to the victors <laughs> you know from somewhere in the halls i know this is a four one two it's not a seven three four but go blue hey I'm, I'm i'm on your side with that i i i agree with it uh, michael Penix is starting to get mentioned there's gonna be more votes to go around now um you know, he, he came in last year he blew up he's, he's had a great college career um a little on the smaller side but he checks all the boxes. I mean, he still can throw on the run. Um, he can he, he he leads his receivers well. He does a lot of good stuff in the pocket. But like I said, there's got to be question marks now that he was blowing up playing flag football in the Pac-12, and he played two teams, uh, Utah and uh, Notre Dame, that both have some NFL talent on defense, and he struggled. So I I would say Drake May is still behind him. But there could be a team or two at the top of that draft. You never know what they're thinking. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a given that uh, Caleb Williams will go number one now. Well, I think that you hit the nail on the head. I mean, they lost to two very good teams, almost let Colorado sneak back in and beat them, and he still has the Huskies and the Ducks on the schedule. Uh, and and we'll see what happens. I mean, that loss against a, a backup quarterback from Utah at home. Last week, uh, it's got to hurt, got to sting a little bit there. Uh, but you mentioned another name, Drake May, who's sort of the one and one A here. He's the one A guy. Uh, you and I had a chance to see him in person at the the Pitt Panthers game a few weeks ago and scout him, you know, up close and personal. The one thing I did notice about Drake, and I, look, this, 
you know, transcends any conversation of where he goes in the draft. The guy has accuracy, oh. you know, and he's got poise in the pocket. He's got the size. He reminds me of Justin Herbert with his size, his 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 arm and his poise. Um, and that's notwithstanding the some of the stuff that you know Herbert's had going on in the, in the pros here. He just I mean the team in San Diego or uh, L.A. is just hasn't hasn't come together in and around him. But it, I can't can't fault him for some of that. Uh, but you know you mentioned it before. I mean, does do you see a scenario where May, with all of his intangibles and all of that arm strength that the stereotypical NFL quarterback is this guy. Do you see any way where he jumps up in, in front of Williams? You know, I, I really, I, I do see that. Um, GMs have different versions of what they like as a quarterback. I mean, some quarter, some GMs don't like an Anthony Richardson type. Uh, you know, they'd better have the guy that drops straight back. Not that Caleb Williams is an Anthony Richardson type, but Drake May is 6'5". He's the prototypical, and, and you hit it right on the head. I, I don't think I've ever seen a better um description of a player that a comparison to a player he he has everything at herbert if you if you would have put a chargers jersey on may at Acreshore, i would have been that that's justin herbert out there just the way he he's he's cool under pressure and there's going to be a gm out there um i'm not going to be sure if it's at the top of the draft or what but some gm out there might be the old school hey i want my quarterback to be you know over six three you know stand in the pocket can throw the ball downfield make all the throws um, he to me, he's the safest quarterback pick in this draft. I believe that uh, Caleb Williams may have a little bit higher of a ceiling, but I think that Drake May is going to give you what Drake May will give you. I think you're going to get a um a solid quarterback out of him and not have to worry about it. Where you know Caleb Williams is a little on the smaller side, you got to worry about maybe a little bit more about the injury. I mean Drake May that game he threw that ball left handed in the end zone. He 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 found ways to make he found ways to make plays that game and. And you hit it right on the head. He was hitting receivers. We got to see from up top. He would make throws that we didn't even – you couldn't even see from up top that they were open. He was putting them in tight windows. I thought he – um he, he impressed me a lot. I've, you know, the pick games this year is where I've been at, and uh, he's easily the best, the best talent on the field that I've seen this year so far. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, I think he's somebody that's the, the surefire can't-miss candidate. He's going to be good. You know, notwithstanding, as you mentioned, I mean, Williams will likely also be good, but there's that there's that it factor where you, you know you've got something with it. He's just a safer pick, in my opinion. And and I as a as a GM might be tempted to go in that direction, even especially if I could trade back and get something for you know that slot and understand it. He's not he's you know, I, there might not be a couple of guys in front of me that need quarterbacks. So we'll see. But you know, to be honest, this quarterback crop is really, really deep. And number three on our list. Uh, is somebody I didn't expect to be there. You know, a Michael Penix Jr. is somebody that when he was at Indiana, he looked good. You know, he was okay. I thought he was just a standard college quarterback. Since he's arrived in for the Washington Huskies, I mean, my God, the guy is just – he's turned it on, um, you know, that left-handed sling. He, he, in all honesty, has really, really impressed me. And I was out on him at the beginning of the season. I thought it was fluky. They run a gimmicky offense like the Pac-12 has a tendency to do. And I got I watched that Oregon game. And first of all, classic for the ages. We'll talk about Bo Nix next. Uh, but the guy really impressed. Is he worth a first-round draft pick, in your opinion? Yeah, he's he's another one. He's a, he's a, he's a solid number one draft pick. Um, I've seen mock drafts now um, up to five or six quarterbacks going in the first round, which I don't agree with 
some of them at the bottom, but I think Penix is a is pretty much a lock. His biggest knock coming in to the season was he's only had one full healthy season in college. Um, he was hurt all the time in Indiana. Uh, came to Washington last year and just blew up. Him and Roma Dunze are just about the two. It's one of the best combinations in college football right now. Um, he he throws a deep ball, about as good of a deep ball as I've seen. Um, and we're talking like 20, 30-yard um, post patterns. He puts it right on the money. He looks off the safeties well. Um, he's a little bit older. He's, he's, he's going to be a Kenny Pick. He's going to be a 24-year-old entering the draft. Um, I think I think he turns 24 like a week or two after the draft. So he'll be a little bit older. I don't think it's – I think we're past that point now where GMs are going to hold that against him. I think a year you know, a year difference is – is it going to hurt him? Um, but I do. I, I lefty left one of the best lefties I've seen in a long time, and he just um, he impresses me. And like you said, that Oregon game was just one of the better one of the better games I've seen all year. And he's he's fun to watch. Washington team is fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. And and his counterpart in that game was a guy named Bo Nix, and, and he's gone through that same kind of transition. We saw him struggle at Auburn, uh, doing things as a freshman he shouldn't have been doing. I think a lot of uh anticipation and expectations were heaped on him didn't work out there transfers jumps over to the ducks and all of a sudden bam you know the guy looks legit now they play in the most gimmicky of all gimmicky offenses there uh, but the guy's a true leader you know i saw him fight through injuries in the same way matthew stafford fights through injuries the guy doesn't feel pain um you know he's got a good enough arm First round might be a little high, you know, second day might be the place for him to go second, third round. But, you know, I've got to be honest with you. He's part of this very strong class. And right now we have him at four. And and we're saying four or five first rounders possibly. And it's this early in the draft. And you know how that usually works, that there's always a quarterback or two that jump into the first round. Look at last year. Uh, when me and you went to the combine, there was no way in heck that we thought Anthony Richardson was a first-round draft pick. So you're always going to have first – when you say you have four in, in uh, October, you're probably going to have five in, by the time the draft comes because teams get – you know how teams get with quarterbacks down the stretch and they get nervous. Oh, they, they fall in love with guys. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but my problem with Nick – I'm probably harder on Nick's than any other quarterback, and, and you pretty much hit it on the head. He struggled under, the, under center at Auburn. Um, his accuracy wasn't great. He's in this real fast, high tempo offense. He's completing like seventy eight percent of his passes. Um, his decision, his decision making right now is is insane, and it wasn't like that in Auburn. Um, I, I'm not totally sure with him, but do I think he's a first round pick? I think he's going to go in the first round. I honestly do. He has a strong arm. He doesn't get to show it off as much in Oregon as he actually did in Auburn, because Auburn would, you know. He would drop back normal offense. Oregon's just so fast paced. I mean, he hits uh, him and Troy Franklin. He'll hook up all the time, but it's usually like ten yard passes, and the you can't stop the Ducks are so fast. You can't stop the receivers or the running back. Um, out of all the out of the top four that we just mentioned, he's the one I do have the most question marks on. I'm not saying he can't be an NFL quarterback, but um, I, I still question whether you know he can work in an NFL type offense. Yeah. So number five on our list, you've mentioned earlier is JJ McCarthy. And um, I, I may be biased because I'm a Michigan fan, but um, JJ's impressed me this year. Last year, we saw growth in a quarterback. This year, we've seen a maturation process go on. He's been incredibly accurate. Uh, something last year, even at the end of the season, was missing 
open receivers, unforgivably open receivers uh, on some things. Uh, that doesn't exist anymore. And they're rolling 49-0, 52-10. I mean, their scores are impressive. He's putting the pedal to the metal in a run-centric offense that Jim Harbaugh runs. Um, but the guy does have all this talent, right? He's, he, he can not just scramble, he can run. Right. And he's a dual threat quarterback with a, a you know a good enough arm with and has proven his accuracy this year. You mentioned before that you think he might be able to sneak up into that first round, uh, maybe be that fourth or fifth guy that goes. Um, you know, do you see him going mid first, late first? You know, where, where do you see him, JT? I honestly, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, I could see him jumping into that top 12, 15 range in the draft and, and jump in a guy like Penix and um, a guy like Penix and Knicks, if that's the way the order, you know, we, we have him ranked right now. I, McCarthy, he did struggle last year. If you if you go back and look at the tape of the uh, TCU game, and that's the game I, I like to bring up, is they had a, they, they had a lot of complex blitzing and uh, they were showing different things. And he struggled. He That was one of the things he struggled with last year. And that's one of the things I do want to see this year when they play Ohio State, uh, Penn State. I want to see how he reacts to a defense that maybe are showing him different things, you know, different pressure from different spots. He really hasn't been, um, I mean, Michigan really hasn't been challenged this year. I mean, by no anybody. So, no um, but I, I think if we're talking the regular football fans right now that know Michigan and they, they see how Michigan runs, they're probably rolling their eyes. Like, Oh, this guy ain't that good, blah, blah, blah. But he is a good quarterback. Uh, I know Michigan's more known for their run, but, um, and it, it sort of puts JJ McCarthy down, when, you know, Michael Penix is known for bombs and, you know, Bo Nix throws 30 times a game. He doesn't really have to do that with Michigan, but he does a really good job, doesn't turn the ball over. His reads, his decision-making is about as good as anybody in the, in the uh, country. And um, he's impressed me. He really has. I thought that was going to be going into the season. I didn't know if that was going to be a weakness for Michigan this year, and it's it's definitely not. I mean, if, if you, yeah. you want to put eight, nine guys in the box, go ahead, because he'll just – he'll, he'll – um, He'll throw on you all the way down the field. So yeah, and it's not like his receivers are world beaters either. No. I mean, he's got he's got guys that are players. Yeah, he playmakers, got but they're not first. Round. There's not Marvin Harrison's lining yeah. up for him. There's no Roman uh, Dunze lining up for him. No Tony Franklin's. No Troy Flankins uh, lining up for him. So you know he's doing what he's doing in a run centric offense, which I think is impressive. But you know we'll see. I mean, if the season were to end today, does he win the Heisman? I would say if it ended right now tomorrow, I would say yes, because I think that there's enough bitterness now from – I mean, Caleb Williams has a chance to – like you said, he plays Washington and Oregon down the stretch. He has a chance to go off against them too. And let's not forget, Caleb Williams has six NFL – five NFL receivers. At some point, it is, he has five receivers right now that are going to be in the NFL. And that's not even counting the two he had last year, you know, Jordan Addison. And, and, and he's – so his numbers come easily, I mean. J.J. McCarthy, his decision-making, and his like you mentioned before, when he throws on the run, he throws on the run about as good as any quarterback right now in the country. And and he and he, he is another guy that can – he can take off and take some extra steps, and he's a big enough guy to take a hit. I really do like him. I think he's going to um, – he's going to impress uh, somebody in that mid-round mid in the first round. I think he's going to go. So we're now at the bottom half of our top 10 list, six through 10. So some of these guys are wild cards and some of these guys are fan favorites because they're fun to watch in college. 
Not sure how they're going to pan out in the pros, but let's talk about them. The first on that list is number six, Quinn Ewers from Texas. You know, Quinn's got uh, a good enough arm. He can make all the throws. You know, the jury's been out on him, even within his own fans. This year, I think he's he's done, you know, well enough to impress and stop the naysayers uh, from doing that. Do you see him as a second-round guy? Has he, you know, is he a third-round guy? He's clearly a day-two guy, but, like, where where do you see him fitting in in the draft next April? You know, it's weird that you say that. I think he, he probably will go second round, but it depends on – how the there's so many receivers in this draft as well, and it's going to be interesting on how the receivers fall. We know Harrison's going top five, and Brock Bowers will probably be in that top five to ten. So it's going to be interesting how the receivers start to fall because you know how the receivers start to get plucked in the second round. It's either going to be quarterbacks going in a second, or you're going to have like a ton going in a third and a fourth round this year. That's the way the talent I think shaping up. But I think Ewers has the potential to go early second day. Um, I think this past draft, too, we saw a, a real value placed on quarterbacks, even if they were going to become backup quarterbacks. I mean, oh, we were definitely. talking about a guy, you know, that, oh, by the way, had just won back-to-back championships in Georgia last year, who <laughs> yeah. everyone thought was going to be a seventh-round guy that the Ravens were going to take a flyer on because their offensive coordinator had come from Georgia, ends up going in the fourth round, I believe it was, back over to the L.A. Rams. Uh, you know, so I, I think that, you know, they're definitely stacked blue chips when it comes to the NFL with quarterbacks and I think that they are at a premium. So I, I think they go earlier. I mean, we'll wait and see, but uh, that's a good point. Cause know. the year before was a complete opposite. But I mean, I know the talent wasn't yeah. as good. You had the guy in the first and then you had, um, I think quarterbacks didn't go to the third. So I guess it depends on what, what yeah, that was the think. Kenny Pickett year, right? Yeah. And then you see the Malik Willis's of the world yeah. going in the third. It was just not a good year for quarterbacks. And if you, and if you look at, um, if you look at the number of quarterbacks, if there's like six or seven that are all grouped together, where you you know it might it's sort of sort of looking like that now because there's guys I didn't put in the top ten that are pretty close to the top ten that you know some some scouts might might take a Joe Milton over a, a Quinn Ewer. So um, when you start getting that many names thrown into a group like that, you may have guys slide to the third or fourth. But getting back to your point, I think Quinn Ewers has shown enough this year. Um, uh, real good ball placement. He's still slow on progressions. He takes some sacks he shouldn't take. Um, I thought he played really well for the most part in that Oklahoma game. That was a great game, too. We've had some some really classics this year early on. Um, but he he struggled a little bit towards the end with his um just his reads and just, you know, taking off when he shouldn't have taken off or or not, not taking off when he should have taken off and making the opposite moves. But I, I do like I like Quinn Ewers. I think um I think a second round pick for him would be in his in the cards i think he don't i think he doesn't slide into the first um i know i've seen i've been getting onto the mock draft trail here and i've seen him in as early as the top 20 i can't see that happening no not when it comes down to it in the end i mean there's too much designed to 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 get clicks and not necessarily be be accurate this far out but you know i you know number seven on our list is shador sanders and i think this might be a guy that benefits from staying an extra year he's not going to lose money you know, he's not going to go in the first round. He's not going to get that kind of cash out. And he's making enough money now playing for, you know, Colorado and his dad. It's I, I, can, I can't see. And I think he could use an extra year he there. He's got all the talent. But right now, I think if he left early, uh, the pros would show him where his weaknesses are pretty quickly. 
Uh, and I think he's got backup in his future. I think he's got gadget guy in his future. Not like Randall L, but, you know, so, you know a guy that can actually come in and, and play a little bit. More like um, a Portal Stewart even. Yeah, you know, he's, he's shown that he can do that. And, um, you know, I think another year he'll benefit from. And, you know, in this day and age of NIL, I think that's probably the best financial move for him too. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Shadour Sanders? Let's face it. Um, he's going to stay with his dad another year. I could almost, I'd almost, if I was a betting man, I'd put money on it. Unless he does something the rest of the year, but they're like, man, he's, he's, he could be the number one pick of this draft and that ain't going to happen. So I, I honestly believe he's going to stay with his dad. I, I honestly believe, I mean, I have people I've heard tell me that they think that Dion will be there at Colorado till Shadir has gone. Then that's, that's basically all he wants to do. Basically just, you know, he's basically play with his kid the whole way up from high school up to, you know, Jackson State to here. So I, I believe he'll be back next year. He needs to come back. Um, If he goes first round, it would be late in the first. And I think, like you said, if he goes late in the first or, or in a second, even a second, he's he's going to be – he's not going to come in and, and be in a starting position. He's going to be a backup. And then he has to show more. He Jackson State was another quirky offense. Um, his, his deep ball ain't the greatest. He isn't – Jackson State was all quick passes. He's shown this year, though. He's he's a very good student of the game. Um, he's a leader. I, I like the kid. I think the kid's got future potential, but he has a better chance coming out in 25 uh, with the Kyle McCords and the Carson Becks and the guys that are probably going to come back for another year that, like that. I think next year he has a definite chance to be a you know, top 20 quarterback. Number eight on our list is one that's not controversial in the sense that he's not a good player, but controversial in the sense of what he could really do in the pros. And that's Jordan Travis from Florida State. You know, Travis has shown to be an excellent talent. You know, he's clearly got the knolls on the path to, you know, a potential, um, uh, you know, playoff berth and an ACC championship. Uh, they, Even though they've had a few close calls, you know, he survived a couple of injury scares, things like that. I think that's the biggest thing threat he has in, in to being drafted is he's 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 been injury prone a bit uh but the guy can make all the throws he's a little smaller than you might want to see a quarterback be but you know he's got the quicks he's got the arm uh and his team likes him right this isn't a standard you know uh you know florida state quarterback over the last decade that's just you know struggle to to make plays and and move his team this is a guy that's got him at the top of the summit right now you know they got a couple of tough games coming up here as they go through, but he's led them through each of them. And, uh, you know, I think this is a good second day guy, um, you know, maybe mid second round, third round type talent um, that people like and will wonder why he's not a, a first round guy. Uh, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on Jordan Travis? I think you hit it right on the nail. Um, six one slight build. Um, I think when I did my profile on him, I called him a right-handed Michael Vick because he could throw the ball, could throw the ball out of the stadium. He could run, he could do stuff, but he's so thin. He, uh, he's a very slight build. He really can't add any weight to his his frame, so he's basically stuck at that. You know, that's what he's going to be playing at. Um, I think he's a great third. If you get him in a third round, and the guy you can start, you know, say you have a Kirk Cousins or somebody, you know, even older quarterback, and you put a Jordan Travis in there to learn and and become a quarterback. I think down the road he could become um, a viable uh, NFL quarterback. Um, real good deep ball. Uh, he's a playmaker. I mean, he and let's not let's not let's not uh, sell Florida State short. They're one of the few college teams that have a legit NFL prospect at every position right now. They got Trey Benson running. You got Johnny Wilson at uh, tight end, and you got um, 
uh, it's escaping me. Keon, Keon, um, Coleman, Keon Coleman at receiver, who's dominant as well. So he's got a great supporting cash right now, and he's he's doing the job. I mean, he was probably the highest from the off season to the beginning of the year. He was the highest riser. Like you, you heard somebody, oh, it's Jordan Travis, man. He's you know, and he hasn't really let it down, but. Um, he I, he just can't he can't stack up against the Drake Mays and the uh, you know the Caleb Williamses. So coming down to the final two on our list, uh, this one is a name that many people may not recognize, and, and he does play in a pretty gimmicky offense. Guy named Cam Ward. Uh, tell us a little bit about Cam and and why he made the top ten for draft four one two. Cam is six two two twenty three. Um, He's playing in another, like you said, another gimmicky offense, and he's in the Pac-12, which you sort of have to, when you watch his games, realize you know the defenses aren't, except for like Utah and and in some cases Washington, you're not going to be playing against good defenses week in and week out. Um, he's very good arm strength. His ball placement's very good as well. Um, he could he, he has Washington State scoring a bunch of points each game. Like I said, they're giving up a ton of points too. They're playing basketball out there in the Pac-12. Um, he can, cre- he can create outside the pocket. He does a, he does a good job with that. He's, that's his good stuff. He's also very inconsistent with mechanics and footwork. He just flings the ball out there at times. Um, he does a lot of 50, 50 kind of passing. He, when I did my, uh, profile and I'm like in the fourth or fifth round. And I think that still, uh, might play out with all these quarterbacks that we've named plus others that could sneak up in front of him. Um, not a bad third day pick. It's just, you know if you get him early in the third day or middle of the third day, that's a it's a it's a good pick that you can work with. He's two twenty three, six two. He's not he's not the prototypical size, but he's not a small guy either. And he can create. He could do some things. Not not a bad guy to um not a bad guy to add to your roster if you if you only have two or three quarterbacks. You want to add a guy to help out. Yeah, and this guy was one of those guys that has a chip on his shoulder. He wasn't offered anything, you know, took had to take a, a lesser offer to a lesser division, worked his way up, transferred to Washington State where no one else wanted him. They put him in an offense, and all he, all the guy does is score. He's like T.O. in that respect. <laughs> yeah, you know, the guy, you know, he's he, – he, and he's working with lesser talent around him uh, in a gimmicky system. He's making it work. So you, you get him in a pro system with, uh, you know, greater levels of talent. I'd be curious to see what he sees, but I think he is a, a day three – um, you know, midday three pick. I think you nailed it. And the last one on our list today is one that's, you know, plays in a, a school that gets a ton of attention. And that's Jalen Daniels from LSU. Um, I think we've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly with Jalen over the last couple of years. What are your thoughts on Jalen as we round out uh, draft 412's top 10? Jalen Daniels actually has the most, out of all the quarterbacks we just talked about, he has the most yards and the most touchdowns out of everybody. He has 2,500-some yards and 25 touchdowns already. Um, he's got Ridiculous. probably the second – he's probably got the second-best receiver in the country. Um, Malik Neighbors is is good. If it wasn't for Marvin Harrison, you'd be talking about Malik Neighbors being the first receiver off the board, probably in the top 15, which he still could be the top 15. But I don't see yeah, that. I heard that LSU um, school turns out defensive backs and wide receivers pretty well. I've heard that oh, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't kidding. And, and it's funny because, I mean, Jamar Chase was a known commodity when he came out, but nobody thought you would get what he got there. But th- this guy, Jaden Daniels, has great arm strength. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. Mobility. Mobility is a key in this draft. I mean, I don't think there's one quarterback really in the top 10 that we talked about that can't move, which is – it's it's getting like that now. You don't you got to be able to move in the NFL. Um, 
His accuracy is pretty good. His his weakness is pocket passing. He actually does better rolling out. Does better working outside the uh, the offensive line and setting up like you know outside the tackles and throwing. Um, he struggles in the pocket, and even though he has Malik Neighbors, he's he probably could have thirty touchdowns this year. He has his deep ball accuracy is a little rough, where he almost pulls a Joe Milton at times where he throws the ball you know fifteen yards over the guy's head to be an easy touchdown. But but um he's another guy that. Uh, if you're a team that has your starting quarterback, but you're not real set on your backup, a fourth or fifth round pick, he might go a little bit higher than Cam Ward, I think, because I think he has a little bit more to offer than Cam Ward. But um, if you get him in a fourth round to be your team's backup, that's a good, it's a really good draft pick. So we got through our top 10. We only have a few minutes left here uh, before we shut it down. Uh, and there's still some names on the board we haven't talked about. You mentioned before Carson Beck. You mentioned Kyle McCord. I think both of us agree that those guys are going back next year. They're not coming out in this 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 crop, and that'll improve their draft stock just you know from who they are, uh, and giving them another year's worth of uh, eligibility. They can they can do that at, at, at both Ohio State and, and Georgia. But there are guys like Sam Hartman. You mentioned Joe Milton a few minutes ago. Um, are there is there anybody out there that you think? we haven't mentioned that still has a chance with the last half of the college season to jump up and make our top 10 by the end of the season? The top 10, I think the only guy that has a potential, it would be one of the guys we mentioned. I think Joe Milton, um, the reason for Joe Milton is Joe Milton is an athlete that could throw the ball a hundred yards. He, he just throws the ball out of the stadium. Joe, me and you could be in Indianapolis next year and Joe Milton does something crazy in that combine. And all of a sudden, He's the new Anthony Richardson kind of thing because I mean, he's gonna. I guarantee when we're at that combine next year and he throws that deep ball, how they throw them deep passes, we're all gonna be like, wow. Because I mean, yeah, he has a guy, Jeff George arm, yeah, a total Jeff George. It's a laser. Uh, I, you know, I, I know he was a Michigan guy, transferred mm -hmm. to Tennessee. I think it's always been about accuracy and it's always about been about consistency with him, which is why he's not at them. He clearly has a you know, a lightning bolt, a cannon for an arm. And, you know, the pros will love that. Someone's going to give him a legit shot. They just got to get him consistent and they've got to get him accurate. And he doesn't have to throw the ball like that all the time. You and know, I, if you can take a little bit off of it, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, the problem is, is he, he went from a pro system under Harbaugh to a gimmicky system in Tennessee. And, you know, the pros aren't going to like that. He didn't do himself any favors by going there, save for the fact that he gets a chance to start and, and play in the SEC. So, his name's going to get mentioned a lot, but he's he's not an under the center quarterback. We're, you know, and I don't know if the cerebral that part of the game is there for him, but we we'll see, we'll see. I, I mean, he lost his job to him, and he had the starting job at Tennessee. Lost it to Hendon Hooker pretty instantly, and we remember that game it was against Pitt. Remember, he had um he had two guys wide open in that the Pitt game uh, the first year Pitt played Tennessee, and he could not hit an open guy twice in that game, and they would have beat us. So. Uh, I agree with that. I think that is the only guy, though, and, and I agree with your McCord and uh, Carson Beck statement. I think there's a good chance a quarterback that wins a national title this year will be coming back to school next year, and I think it it's going to be smart for them to do that. I mean, they, they're nothing more than a later-run draft pick right now because they haven't really got to show much you know, in, in their offenses yet. Well, look, we're coming to the end of the show, man. This was, I think this was great. I hope our uh, viewership enjoys it. 
you know, maybe we'll do one of these roundups again as we get to the end of the season and, and kind of review some things. And we'll start to go position by position on a weekly basis as we take a, a deeper dive as we get closer to that time of year that's the Super Bowl for us and the end of the college season uh, for everybody else. So thanks again, JT, for doing this. And again, a big thanks to our sponsor, iHeartRadio, tonight where you can find all your favorite music podcasts and radio all for free and remember while draft 412 may be off the air we are always on the clock for you thank you buddy thank you joe